Yes, what's good, people? This is Sarah Harrison. Welcome in the Trap Podcast. Another episode of storytelling today. And I promise you, it's a jam-packed session of stories. So get your snacks ready, get your drinks, whatever you want to chill and entertain yourselves with because you're in for a treat. Thank you to all listeners that have been on board since the very beginning. New ones, welcome. I'm sure you're here to stay. I hope so anyway. Give us a follow. We're available on most DSPs. That's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. But there's the free ones out there too. So you can grab hold of us on SoundCloud and AudioMac as well. Drop me a comment too and give me a shout on my social media platforms at I'm Sarah Harrison. All right, so as I said, we've literally touched on quite a few different industries since the beginning. We had a radio personality slash talent manager in episode one by the name Hip Hop Mike. Episode two was with Nav Josh, the founder of Hip Hop and More. Then we had actor and motivational speaker Monty Washington, currently based in L.A., And now here we are, episode four. We are bringing it to the Lady Pond. She is a Native American that has moved around quite a few different states in the US, hopping from one passion to another in her early days, whether it was basketball, to nursing, to teaching, to bartending. She is truly the definition of a hustler. From tying the knot at a very young age to turning over a turbulent leaf to pursue her own path in life. Finally settling in Los Angeles, California, taking up a huge job opportunity with a world superstar, steering in between careers yet again to upkeep her life. Finally landing a coveted position at one of the world's leading recording studios. This lady has gone on to work on a non-profit, helping young women engage in unconventional roles in music, plus also dipping her feet into the media and radio world. She has ticked many boxes, and I'm sure there's a few more in the pipeline. A passionate, hardworking, committed, and respected woman in the music business. Her name is Whitney Tabor. You're the first lady then to be on the podcast, actually. Oh my God, look at with all the ladies. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I had to get a Virgo, a fellow Virgo on because I know we just vibe. We just literally vibe. Virgos, I'm sorry. Everybody else, we love you. But Virgos, we just, Beyonce, like, I don't even know how many. There's like so many amazing Virgos, but that's the one I'm like. Hello. Yeah, Beyonce and MJ, right? Michael Jackson and Beyonce, like who else? Top it? two. No one can say people are like, oh, well, Tupac and Prince, Prince and Tupac. I wish, but you know, it's whatever. But you know, we can't have it all. We can't be selfish. I know. <laughs> some, some for everybody else. Yeah, exactly. But it's really, really good to see you in good spirits. I mean, you know, this has been like a really testing time for everyone. Everybody, I know. Everybody's been kind of switching it up. It's been kind of cool to see the way that people have like switched lanes and to be creative. Um, being in a creative field like music, it's like, okay, yes, everybody can create music everywhere. But again, it's like, man, reinventing the wheel again and again and again. So yeah, exactly. I feel like collaborative, like collaboratively, hip hop, especially, I don't know if we're tapping in, but I'm like, I had a thought, I'm going to run with it. Um, 
there's so many artists. I feel like now there's not many artists that actually can like hold their own by themselves. So now everybody's having to be quarantined. So it's kind of dope to see people figuring out ways to collab. So exactly. We're going to get into that. Definitely. And I have given you an an introduction before you, (laughs) before you arrived. So (laughs) don't think I just threw you up here and you know, nameless but Whitney Tabor where do we start where were you born what is your story from the beginning you guys it's so funny well I hope y'all have get comfortable because sis loves to tell a story now um well goodness so I was born in California um in September September 11th 9-11 what up but um yeah I was born um in California and then quickly moved to Washington State um with my dad and my two older brothers, um, my parents split up and I got a bonus mom. So my bonus mom um, is Native American and lived on a reservation in Washington state, literally as far Northwest as you can get on the continental United States, that is where I grew up. So like, I mean, one school, we had one grocery store, we had one restaurant and then houses, that was it, beach. Um, so I grew up as, a, I'm Native American. So I'm African-American, my mom, my biological mother's from Philadelphia. So I have Philly roots and then I have California roots, but then I grew up in Washington, um, literally as a Native American. So fishing and hunting and camping and just like nature AF. So um, yeah, a lot of people are like, how are you dealing with quarantine? I think that's probably why, but um, a lot of lot of time to yourself to figure out how to get things going. But yeah, as soon as I graduated from high school, I moved to um, Edmonds, which is like 20 minutes north of Seattle, and went to college there. Um, was always into sports, so got hopped on the basketball team at the community college that I went to, um, played basketball for a little while, went to school. I was going to school for like, nursing nursing was like what my parents wanted me to do um so in the medical field yeah so medical field I I I really was always been a creative kid and I think parents kind of like tell their kids what they want to protect them not even to stifle their creativity I don't think I think it's more so just they want to make sure you're good later on so I was leaning I think more towards like beauty and hair and fashion and those types of fields always was into music as well, sang all the time as a kid, um, played the clarinet and the saxophone, like all of these things. But where I grew up, it was very limited resources. So one year we would have a music teacher and then one year we wouldn't like literally like that, even for like, like I remember my ninth grade year, we didn't even have a math teacher. It was like, no wonder wow. I'm not that good at math. <laughs> I'm blaming the school system, damn it. But uh, no, so Went to college, um, did that, was going for nursing, um, but was just completely not into it. I was just like, okay, I'm just going because my parents kind of want me to go and it's a good job, it'll make good money. My dad said this, and I will remember this forever. He said, kid, get a, get a job in healthcare because there's always going to be sick people in the world and you will always have a job, which is kind of ironic because currently right now, the people who are saving all of our lives right now so I unfortunately said cool that sounds cool and all but I'm good so my parents were like hey if you don't want to go to school for that don't go to school for that and I was like amazing they're like we love you anyway we're already proud of you like so don't go for us because I went to school for my parents but I wanted to be a writer like the conversation with my mom was really really cool because she was like 
I'm an accountant and it's cool because I take care of you guys, but I really only did it because my parents wanted and I really wanted to write. I was like, man. So that's when so I said. So you didn't even start nursing or anything? Nah, nope. I didn't even finish. I like dropped out. I dropped out of community college right after that conversation with my mom and dad. And um, as soon as they were like, we're not going to be upset with you. Like do what you want to do. This is your life. I was like, sweet. College is not for me. Um, after that, during that time, I actually um, met a boy <laughs> and it was actually funny because it was, he was a rebound. He was a rebound from like this boy that I was all in love with 18 and Oh my gosh, I'm going to marry you. And it's going to be everything. Right. Um, and yeah, my rebound boyfriend was a radio DJ for the only hip hop station in Seattle. And we bumped into each other in the courtyard of my college and started going to his DJ gigs and sets, me and my homegirls pulling up. We started dating. Um, eventually, this is how quickly the like your path can change, which I think is kind of cool. Um, he was a really successful radio DJ, been doing it since 19, literally on the biggest platform you can get on in Washington. Um, and went to do a, I guess, like a story on the Marine Corps in California. And he okay. came back and was like, I'm going to join the Marines. And I'm like, wait, what? Are How? You, what are you talking about? Like, sir, wait a minute. What? That doesn't make sense. I was like, you're so not that kind of guy. Like, you're such a music. Okay, whatever. And I thought he was joking, but then he did. He joined the Marines. Um, me being his girlfriend, I was like, okay, well. I guess you're a Marine now. So we're still dating. Um, 23 years old, I decided to get married. And I moved from uh, Washington State to Beaufort, South Carolina. So I was in Seattle. Um, I To put it for your listeners, hopefully, like it's, it sounds it, it, it's exactly like it sounds Beaufort, South Carolina. It's like totally like, oh, just lost the earring. <laughs> See, it's coming up. I know my robe is going to come out soon, y'all. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it's just this tiny little military town. They got like a Walmart and a couple restaurants. I think like an Applebee's, but it's, it's completely just little town USA. So I was like, you know what, let's do this. So we moved across the country. Um, I lived there for about 10 months until things were just not good. Um, it was just, you know, boys kind of, well, people, I'm not even going to put it in boys. People kind of do things they probably shouldn't do when they're married. And he started doing those things. Right. So I, you know, decided, you know, I, I think I got to go home and kind of regroup and see what I actually want to do. Um, so I went back to Washington, went home for a couple months and then decided I wanted to get divorced. Um, he wasn't the person that I should be with. And at the time you was just a housewife or were you actually pursuing any other career? When he decided to be a Marine, I had dropped out of college. I was a preschool teacher right. for three years in college and a bartender. So I always bartended. Um, that was like my thing. So all of the clubs in Seattle, all over, I bartended. So You hustled. Moved, you made it work. Oh, you always got to hustle. So I moved to housewife life. Yeah, so I was a housewife. Um, being like, you know, my type A, I think you gotta, you can't just sit around. I'm like, I gotta be doing something. I gotta be doing everything. So I started to kind of help with, I actually had a job lined up with the military, with the government, um, at 24, they were like, Whoa. they, they recruited me. It was kind of crazy. They wanted me to like plan events and welcome people into like Marine Corps life. 
Um, cause I was okay with it. It was actually kind of nice, but, um, yeah, I just, I don't think it was right. Like what I should be doing. Um, and I'm su super thankful because it actually guided me into my career. I was going to say you, you have to like, you have to love those pivotal moments because they actually, you know, create new chapters for you. And, and you never know, like during the turmoil, right. During the, like, after like the, I don't even know what the word is, the turbulence, you're sitting there and you're like, my life is over. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to recover, blah, blah, blah. And it's then the literally if you just stay patient and stay calm, you all of a sudden will wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I got through that. And I'm so glad that I'm on this other side because it's way, way better. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm in South Carolina. Finally tell my mom, mind you, this is the third person. This is the third boyfriend I've ever had in my life. I come from a really small town. Like when I tell you the place I grew up is 1,200 people. Mm, um, yeah. So very tiny place. Super <laughs> Still 1,200 people. And yeah, I went back home and did some reflecting. And Seattle is very gloomy. I think a lot of people refer to it as like London. Like I didn't know that about Seattle. Oh my gosh, it rains and it's literally gray. Like they call it the gray area. Wow. It's like it's 10 months of gray and two summer months are shiny and it's the most beautiful place in the world when it's sunny, but we get about two months and then it's like back to the gray. Right. So it was really hard to go through something so like hard to like make a decision about like, should I stay married where all of my belongings are on the other side of the world? I have no career. I have nothing to do. I don't even have a passion. I don't know what I want to do next. Um, That's crazy. This is like 25. This is 24. This is fresh 24. I moved back. I turned 24 in September and I moved back home in November. Okay. So I was literally like two months into 24. Mm. Um, and by December, I made the decision that I, I no longer wanted to be married. Um, that was an intense conversation to have. Um, but you just got to be true. I think the more people are real with each other, the better we all we all can adjust to the yeah. change in life. I'm, I'm letting you tell the story, but we will come back to this. Oh, yeah, like, I got I'm, We're not just like skimming through. I got you, I got you. So um, <laughs> during that time, my best friend, Chanel, we met in college. That's like, we're like Shaq and Kobe. We played basketball together, and that's like my ride or die. Um, but I told her, I said, hey, I'm really not happy here. Um, I'm glad everybody was happy that I was home, obviously my mom and everybody, but I'm, sure. like, I'm just not happy. Yo, I, I got to figure it out. Something is saying, I just need to like have fun. I need to experience fun because I haven't done anything. So yeah. at 24 years old, the fun places in my mind were Miami or Los Angeles. And I told my mom, I said, I know you're excited that I'm here, but I got to get out of here. So I said, you know, I'm going to move either to Miami or Los Angeles, wherever I get a job first. That was it. Like literally there was no other, nothing else. And she said, I hope it's LA because you'll be closer to me. Um, I told my best friend Chanel, I'm thinking about moving to LA or Miami. She goes, Oh, my boyfriend at the time's sister lives there. I'll ask her if anybody's hiring. And I said, no, I don't need any help. She of course asked anyway. Um, this person worked briefly at record plant, um, as an assistant, you know, she worked as a, in the client service department. And then she got basically, you know, picked up as an assistant for Ku Carell, who is one of the largest vocal producers in the world. Uh, he produces for Rihanna and JLo and Bieber's and 
Celine Dion. And like, it's like insane. So she was actually working as his, his assistant um, and they were working on Rihanna's project. And Rihanna's team said, hey, we need another assistant. Do you know of anybody? Um, she said, yeah, I know two girls. There is this girl that graduated from all of these colleges. She's got all of these degrees. And then we have a, and then I have a super dope, cute, like fun one. And they were like, oh, we want the dope, fun, cute one. That was me, y'all. She fit the bill. I was like, yes, Lord. So, um, so yeah, I interviewed over Skype because um, I was in Seattle at the time. Never been to LA. I've never been to LA. I've never, never met the girl. I've ne- like, it's. I've never even heard of the position that I was applying for. Um, I interviewed a couple times over over Skype and uh, got the position. They they hired me over five other people that could start immediately. They said, when could you be there? I said, uh, give me two. I said, give me two weeks because mind you, I'm physically in Seattle, but all of my belongings are in South Carolina, which is on the wow. other side of the United States. So I was like 24 years old, like, okay, how do we solve this problem? Took all the money out of my savings, bought two one-way plane tickets, uh, asked one of my homegirls, hey, can you just roll with me across the country real quick so I can start this new job? So me and my one of my other besties, Sharina, we flew to South Carolina, packed my Jetta, my Volkswagen with whatever could fit, everything else. I just had to leave, like all of my belongings, everything. If it didn't fit in that car, I've never seen it again. So I hopped yeah, in the car. Yeah, was literally like, take it or leave gotta it. Gotta go, gotta go. We gotta, we gotta get there. So yeah. I drove, we drove across the country which usually takes like five days. We did it in like three and a half. That's crazy. It was insane, but we did it. Um, and you know, few, few, uh, part, what is it? Speeding tickets. We got there safely, but, um, got there and um, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there because I want to know, I want to know how this job interview sort of went. Were you aware what it was? Yeah, I was, I mean, I was, the position was for, um, to be Rihanna's creative director's executive assistant. So her creative director, everything you saw visually of Rihanna when she had the red hair, only girl in the world, uh, California King, man down that whole album loud. That was me. I was there. That was, I was part of the team. I I was like the only part of the team. It was, it was like still to this day, the hardest job I've ever taken um, and I've learned so much and I still wouldn't change it. Like it was, it was, it was very intense. Um, the role of an assistant in general or that particular artist and her team and her camp? Oh yeah. It was, I mean, I think it was kind of like a combination of like everything. Well, yeah, I guess you hadn't, you hadn't done it before and you know, it's, it's, it's really new territory, but what, what was that interview? Like what kind of questions were they asked um, for that sort of position? Definitely 11 years ago. So it's going to be hard to remember a little bit but uh, <laughs> honestly it was they were more so just checking out my vibe that is the one thing that I noticed the most of um is it wasn't so much can you send an email or can you download files and make sure you know eat you know things are organized what is your vibe like because you need to like work well with our team um my boss she 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 was she's so cool still like um, she, her name's Sierra Pardo. She's still, I think, one of the biggest like, creative directors in the game. I think she actually still works for Re. But um, yeah, to to best describe her, she's like a Puerto Rican 
version of like the it, the devil's wears Prada. Like that's how I felt. I felt like I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, don't mess up, don't do this. Be uh, uh. so it was very. And she she coordinated the interview. Um, I I want to say that I interviewed. I talked to her once, and then I talked to two or three other people on her team. Um, because she also had a production company too. So on top of that, it was I think she had Usher and Re as like direction, but then they were, but then her and her partner were doing um, like music videos. So I remember we did like Lil Wayne music videos. We were doing like everybody's music videos. So I was, it was me and one other girl. So I was like in charge. And the things that I did were cool. Like, oh, here, organize and plan the merch line for the world tour. Um, here's the, you know, perfume line for Christmas. Make sure that the retouchers, it was just like charter a jet to Jamaica. Uh, make sure she gets there to this. It, it was just like, honestly, like everything. And I, I remember just like holding onto my laptop and never doing any, like it was one of, like I said, the most intense jobs um, still to this day that I've ever been at. And it was just like, whoa. Yeah, it's a role that's underappreciated by a lot of people because mm. you, you know, if you mess up one little fraction one thing you can you can literally fuck up a whole chain of events like a whole <laughs> thing like it was I mean like it's pretty cool to see too like there's people that I like helped hire on and things and I watch them go on like photographers and videographers and I'm like wow like this is it's very very cool like I said but it's it's a behind the scenes no one cares what your name is who you are just put your head down put your head down and work um and yeah that's what it what it was and so I my first eight I stayed for about eight or nine months um, and then was just like, all right, this is a lot. Because again, mind you, in my personal life, I was living with a stranger in a city I'd never been, away from my family, position I've never even heard of, the world's biggest superstar, and going through a divorce. <laughs> so, Oh, it hadn't had gone through. Oh, girl, no. Yet. The divorce took four years for him to finally sign papers or three years to officially so it was a lot, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and then being, like I said, being away from everybody, you know, it was just completely like, whoa. Um, but you got to just yeah. kind of jump in, honestly. I think there's no other way to just do things. It's just like, I'll figure it out as I go. And if not, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. A nine month. you did nine months, which I, I guess like you could not have carried on further. I could. I, yeah. Like at the, uh, I was just like, I guess and happiness to me meant more. And it still does um, than money. So anytime I start to get like, oh man, it's it's I'm having to force my smile. It's not worth it anymore. So yeah. for me, it was it was a very dope job. But again, I think it was just like it was just too much for me right then and there. Right now, if I got the position again, oh yeah, I would like it was a cake cakewalk. But as of right then, just being a a, a baby. I mean, 24 years old your child still like it's like yeah so it, you know there's so much more to learn and um yeah that's so you, so you had it figured out at, at the nine months what your next step was gonna be or was it literally like okay I'm gonna throw myself back out to the walls oh <laughs> yeah so I I, I did a mistake that I think a lot of people probably do in music which is they assume oh I got I just worked for Rihanna I just worked for Rihanna you heard of her yes you have because she is that you know, um, and I saved up a bunch of money. Like, that's the thing. I saved 
enough for my rent. So I saved for six months worth of rent and then was like, all right, it's been real. I appreciate everything y'all, but I got to go. Left the position um, and had no idea what I was going to do. But I assumed because I worked for a, you know, a superstar with that, you know, of, of that caliber that, oh yeah, I'm going to walk into any label, any, any place and get a job. And that was not the case at all. I was out of the job for probably, or out of even music for definitely at least like four or five months. Um, I was like, I remember I was like, oh my gosh, I have like one more month worth of this rent save money and I'm out. So I started doing catering. I started cleaning houses. I started doing um, like extra work so i would like go on and sit on a set for 150 dollars yeah the this is this is la this L- is LA. la i did anything i could that was within my character <laughs> morals mm. um and yeah I, I mean i was struggling trying to find a bar t- i was like if i just get one bartending gig oh my gosh i will be good i will be good i'll be good um and i have years of experience like why is that why is this not happening and um and I guess because you had landed the Rihanna job so almost like easily and it almost fell on your lap yeah. to the point where, you know, that's quite a, a hard job to fill. You would think yeah. all of the others are a piece of cake. Oh, yeah. No. And it was just like there's so many people, though. Like, that's the thing is like a lot of people I don't think realize they just see the prize that they're going after. But they also don't realize the competition. Nobody looks at the competition where it's like, okay, mm. cool. Yes, you want to be a writer. Or you want to be a producer. You moved to LA. You just came to the city where the Olympics for writing songs is every year, exactly. yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have, you know, your shit, shit together, lack of a better word, if you don't have it together and like a routine, you'll get eaten up. It, it will eat you up. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Up and this place is expensive. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. you know, this place is expensive. So it's like, if you don't come here and really humble yourself to be like, okay, needs and wants, you will not survive. Um, yeah. And that was me. Like I said, if I didn't save, if I wasn't smart enough to save that six months, cause I, I wasn't even getting much money doing, you know, like I said, I was babysitting. I was doing everything I could. Um, and I finally straight got away. You straight away. You went, Oh, like yeah. stop working for Rihanna. Next day, you was out hustling, hustling, doing like like you have to. Yeah. You had. Yeah. To. So I was throwing my resume to everybody, not getting any hits musically. So then I was like, you know what? I gotta make money. We gotta eat. So we just got out there, humbled your. I humbled myself. That's what a lot of people need to do is humble yourself and say, cool. You know what? At the end of the day, we just gotta get it done. Get shit done. Um, but during during all of the hustling and bustling. I visited Record Plant again and was like, oh, this is cool. This is a vibe. Like, I like this studio. Like, yo, I want to get a job here. Let me see if I can get a job here. At the time, the president was um, Rose Mancherney, who's one of the first ever female studio managers. And she was just like this little, like, Puerto, like she's not Puerto Rican. She's a little um, Filipino boss from like Chicago with just like this fire about her and I'm like ooh and everybody was like oh y'all are not gonna mix you guys are too similar Rose is not gonna do it like she's you got too much and I'm like whatever okay well still I'm gonna try to get a job I need a job so whatever um and I loved music I didn't even have a specific anything like I said I only moved to LA because I got that job like 
I wasn't like, I want a job in music. It was just like, oh, we asked for a job. All right, I'll, I'll figure it out. And yeah, that- so it was almost like you you didn't really have the motive of what a lot of people go to LA for, which is to like chase that dream and chase the Hollywood lifestyle. It, so you kind of had that. That must have been to your advantage in a way because it might have eaten you up more mentally to know that you're here for a specific goal and you're not getting it. Yeah. Do you understand where I'm coming yeah. from? Which I think a lot of people do is, is a lot of people sit there and worry about their, them not achieving what they want rather than just focusing on perfecting their craft. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, it was just like, well, as long as I'm happy and healthy and I'm not hurting anybody. Okay. And I love sunshine. It was just like, I just wanted to be around sunshine. I wanted to experience some things. I wanted to meet new people. Um, and I just so happened to take a job in music, which I'm, I'm like the, it's so funny. I am like the human jukebox is what my friends call me. I'm, my friends will literally be like, I'm like the original Shazam. My friends will like call me and be like, what's this song? And it's like in Spanish. And I'm like, give me a second. Oh, it's this. And they're like, what? This is so crazy. Like, and it's just, I've always been in love with music and loved it. Like if you catch me in my car, let me tell you (laughs) if I can hit the note or not, we're singing it. Like don't care. (laughs) So it's not like it came out of nowhere, but you just never felt like it could be something that was your living I never looked at it as a job I never looked at it as a real job because that's not what kids are told you're supposed to be a nurse you're supposed to be a doctor you're supposed to be a lawyer a firefighter a cop so mm-hmm. and then little girls are supposed to be little girls are told we're supposed to be wives you know I don't know if that's how it is in your guys's world but like Absolutely, that's yeah. pretty much what it's what it is and I tried to do that I literally I, I felt like God or the universe or whatever it is was telling me you know, you're not supposed to be a 23 year old housewife girl. You got other things you got to get going on. So get uncomfortable and get it moving. So that's, that's really how I kind of live my life is just like how, how I'm feeling. (laughs) Right. Um, and not, and not being so set in my own ways that I don't, don't let the car drive itself. You know what I mean? Everybody wants a self-driving Tesla. Well, we have that with life, but I think we get in our own way so much that we slow down our own process. So yeah, me, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Like for me, it's just like, Hey man, kind of go with whatever is going, flowing and feeling good. Um, at- Live in the moment as well, because you can, you can get blind, as you said, getting in your own way. And also you can be so tunnel vision that you get blinded to what God is literally putting in front of you to see and pursue oh, yeah. so that I'm, I'm guilty of that I have to, I have to say I'm guilty million, of that a million times so a million times so um so yeah so I interviewed at record plant got hired on the spot um literally now Rose is like my mom <laughs> like the one that was like she's not gonna like you I mean literally I call her check on her um you know she showed me and taught me everything I know so I actually took a position um called the client service position um, which was only four girls. It was only four girls at the studio um, for a thing that Record Plant, I think, noticed is, is it's more so about the energy and the vibes to create. And uh, it's a male-dominated industry, as a lot of people, I'm sure, know. Um, less than 2% of women are in most of the fields that, that are <laughs> engineering, music production, you know, and all of those things. So 
Yeah. Which gets gets covered up by the fact that there are a lot of female artists. Yeah. They're, they're on the front line, but not necessarily behind the scenes. Like, you know, behind the scenes, yeah. Exactly. The machine, yeah. So, so yeah, so I started um started there uh part-time. And again, this was another this was still another job that was you know, I worked maybe once or twice a week, but it just felt good to be in the studio. And I'm like, cool. Um Record Plant is literally one of the top 25 recording studios in the world. So I got kind of lucky there where that's my house. So that became my family. That became my safe haven. Um, worked there for seven, seven and a half years as that same position. Never got any up or down. It just, I stayed in the same position, part-time, helping out whenever. Um, so during the other times when I wasn't working at Record Plant, um, I was doing on-air hosting with all deaf digital, doing skits and little things here and there. And then I kind of fell into radio. <laughs> so uh, during that time, my cousin, a cousin of mine, Chris, uh, wanted to move to L.A. I told him he probably shouldn't unless he has a job lined up, but he didn't listen anyway and he moved out. Uh, he got a job interning for Zoe Williams, who is an author and personality. And he asked, he had, he was relaunching his show called The Voice of Reason, um, where he wanted the female perspective on, you know, love relationships and things, issues that are happening within the black community. Um, and he asked my cousin, who was currently living on my couch at the time, do you know any opinionated black women? And he just laughed and he said, yep, I'm currently living with my, my cousin. So, uh, yeah, I do. I, I hear all the time. And he was like, you think she'd want to come be a guest on the show? So he asked me and I'm kind of just like, whatever. I mean, sure. What, what are we about to talk about? You know, I, I got to have no, I don't know nothing about any of it. So I'm like, yeah, I can talk. <laughs> so, so I go into the show. Um, we have an awesome conversation, two hour live radio. And it was, uh, I, I just never left. I was a part of the show for, I think I started, we started that, I want to say in like 2013. Either. And that's been consistent up until now. Um, when I took the job full time at Record Plant, which was 2016. So it might have even been like, it might have even been like sooner than 13. When I took the position at Record Plant full time, I just didn't have the time to do everything. So I, you know, said, hey, I got to stop doing this and, you know, focus on my career. Um, but yeah, I'm still going to hop on and, and stir up trouble and, and, and make everybody's blood boil every once in a while. It's just a <laughs> <laughs> so now radio is the at the forefront of what you do. So now, yeah. So now we're coming, so we're coming back. So, um, well, I guess in 2016, in 2016, um, I became the assistant studio manager of the record plant after working there for seven years. Um, with me and my, my bestie, <laughs> Jeff Barnes. So it was just me, Jeff, running the place. Um, at, we, took, we got new ownership. And yeah, for the past four years, I slowly moved my way up um, to the vice president. Um, so became vice president of the studio. And at, due to the current climate and just other things, um, yeah, I think I'm going to stop and focus wow. on me. So, um, yeah, I'm currently transitioning back to full-time radio personality um, and media personality work and we'll be yeah. launching a lot of really fun shows on the way. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing because I was just there with you in January and 
you know, we was we were talking about just life and cycles and transitions and you know how how your passions had translated into so many different areas of music. You know, yeah. you'd been through the the creative side of things. You'd been through the more of a senior role, and and now you feel like you know your personality needs to be at the forefront. And I think it's it's look. I mean. Sometimes it does take tragedies to to actually move certain things along, you know, like it's sad, but, you know, it's it's kind of like um, it's a little push yeah. in the right direction sometimes. Well, and I, a lot of a lot of the things, too, I think for me, you find new passions, passions when you're just like doing life. Right. Um, and one of the mm-hmm. things that came to me through Record Plant was Girls Make Beats. Um, the nonprofit organization that I am the Los Angeles chapter leader for um, with me and my, my partner in crime, my partner in passion, um, Tiffany Miranda. Uh, we have, yeah, we have a nonprofit where we teach little girls how to engineer, produce, and DJ. Um, and I didn't realize, like I was, how it came about was she reached out to us at Record Plant and wanted to, you know, just give the girls a tour. She asked all the people she knew in, in music in Miami, she's from Miami originally, um, where is the dopest studio in LA that I need to take the girls on a tour? And everybody luckily said record plant. Um, when I saw it being the only woman in the building for pretty much 10 years, I was like, um, yeah, uh, 10 little girls in here with me? Of course I want them. So we came, gave them a tour. Um, and I think like, I said moments and conversations are really what I think make life the most amazing. And I think that's why I'm getting pulled back into radio Um, because this conversation will forever stick with me. And it was with Tiffany. I gave the girls a tour, just like I gave anybody. I gave you a tour where it's like Kanye recorded this in here. Eminem was here, Beyonce and JLo and Frank Sinatra and all of these people, right? Prince and all of the amazing people that have recorded at Record Plant, I give them a tour of where they recorded. And then I said, okay, well, we're done. Let's go in the room. Let's crank the mains. Let's dance. It's like my favorite part. And she goes, well, we're not done with the tour yet. We need to. And I said, yes, we are. There's nothing else. And she was like, well, we need to show them your office. And I didn't, I said, oh, no, no. The office is not decorated yet. It's a dingy. It's just papers. It's like, no, we don't, I don't need to show them. Um, and she said, trust me, trust me, we got to show them your office. And I said, okay, all right. I just don't think they're going to care. And so we walked these little girls upstairs and I showed them my drab little office. Well, it, yeah. And, and they were like, oh, this is your office. Can I take a picture? Oh my goodness. Like they were so excited. And I didn't even like, because women I think are naturally told or, or like groomed to like dim their light. I was yeah. dimming my own light because I was like, they don't need to see this. It's okay. Let's show them the cool stuff. They thought that that was the coolest room in the building. After they did like a recap video, they sent me a recap video um, after. And one of the girls literally said, I could see myself being in here. I've never been in a place like this. And I, I could be like the boss. I want to be like her. And it was just like, oh, this is way bigger than me. I need to like redirect what I'm doing and how I'm doing it because 
this is a problem if I was even saying, oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, they don't need to see it. Um, little girls need to feel like they're important from the creation, from the start of the creation process to the very, very end of the process, not just on stage. Like, I know so many amazing writers and producers who are females, but because they are women, they get stifled and it's, you know, oh, well, the, this, but he helped her. No, 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 no. Like, there's so many women, but, but because we don't celebrate ourselves enough, that becomes the norm. I can see why it was so important to, to, to see your office because, yeah, you know, girls are always taught to fill in the roles of, you know, the, the, the pretty position or, you know, you always have to be on camera and to know that you can have your own office, you can, you know, you can have that authoritative position to actually run yeah. something but not necessarily have to be on the ground itself is, I guess, what was... Yeah important for them to see yeah and I and like again I didn't I'm so used to just like like I said dimming the light and mm. being like oh no no it's okay it's okay I'm just helping oh, uh, that it was just like no 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 girl you run this you run the biggest studio in Los Angeles you run pretty much the biggest studio in the country and I I never flex girls. I want girls. If you guys are listening, flex, man. I want all that's That's the most, that's like my motive now is to really just pump so much confidence into as many girls, grown women, old ladies, aunties, aunties, grandmas, whoever. Like, Yo, I'm with that. I'm with that. A hundred percent. Hey, this, this is why I'm here looking like this. Like, <laughs> right, but, and that's what I'm saying. And look, that's what I usually look like when I'm in the office. <laughs> You know, one of my fun, my favorite things to do at the studio was this. Um, I, because I was basically the, I'm the face of Record Plant. I was the face of Record Plant. I've been there all the time. I mean, literally, last time I talked to Tori, Tori Lanes was like, he introduced me to one of his artists, his new artist that's coming out. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what she, she owns the studio. She owns the place. This is her studio. And I was like. That's how we, that's how it, it, it appeared. Yeah. And like, and that's the thing. And so. For me, it was just like, I would come to the studio. This is my house. I've been in this building for 10 years. I'm like, everybody's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, all right, man, it's cool or whatever. <laughs> I, I would literally tell people, oh yeah, I work at this little studio. Like, oh yeah, I just like work at this little studio. And people are like, this is the little studio you run? You're not even working here. You like are the boss? I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Because that's not important. That's the thing is that's really not that important. Your title is not that important, but it's how you make people feel and what actually you produce that is important. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because to someone like me, that was that was amazing for me to have, like, because I met you at Tree Sounds, which is also another big legendary studio in Atlanta. And, you know, the fact that, I'm friends with Marley and now I can be friends with you. It's like, that is dope to me because these are the environments I want to be in. You know, I'm like, I love the creative process way more than I like the sort of end product and the distribution of it yeah. and the branding of it. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's amazing to have seen two women play such big roles in the running of two major recording studios where, you know, not only the music that we hear today has been made, but even classics and stuff that, you know, you probably have vaults oh in record. It's plant. crazy. It's correct. Like I would get chills. Like, I mean, Queen and just like, I mean, we were a rock studio before we were the hip hop studio, which hip hop is a new rock. So I mean, I like even the people that I've met in the 10 years, the conversations that I've had in that building in the 10 years, like I said, it, it's, it's almost like, wait, did that really happen? Like, wait, that really happened. That's cool. But again, I think 
having people, you know, respect you, I think was more so my focus. Like I, I have maybe six photos of me with any celebrities, but if you, if, but yeah. if I walked down the street and Justin Bieber was across the street too, he would probably say hi to me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But, but yeah. I, you know, it, that's, that's like, that to me is worth more than, than a photo that a, an Instagram, a, an Instagram picture sure. or anything. And it's, it's, it was crazy to watch the transition from, we were really, t- we were told like absolutely no filming in the studio, absolutely no pictures in the studio. That's, that's how I was brought up with studio etiquette. Yeah. Now this generation of artists, that's all they want to do. It's insane. It's like, it was almost like, Oh my gosh, like we would have to tell artists like, Hey, you can record in your room, but like, I'm a studio mom. I'm like, Hey honey, no, 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 not in the hallway. Like stay in your room. Like, you know, because. So you still had to restrict that even yeah, now. Cause it, this is a private studio. I mean, I would have Beyonce and Daisy right. in there for a month and no one would even know. I would have Gaga in there. You know, I would have Mick Jagger and Prince and Sir Elton John. Like I would have all of these people in here who don't want the world to know when only when they want. And I mean, I've had to, stop paparazzi and I've had to, you know, protect artists. It's just like, it's, it's pretty crazy. And uh, a lot of people, I think listening that want to be an artist, to be a star, um, really research and, and think about what you envision your life to be. Not right now when you're 24, not when you're 30, like what do you envision your long-term goals for the way you live your life daily? Because I, I I had those thoughts when I was way younger. And then I worked for Rihanna mm. and I watched how much of her life she didn't get to live or enjoy because people were bombarding her. And even like watching, I think, the baby. Every time I see him in some sort of like beef with an artist or a somebody i'm just like man i i understand both sides of the game where yes show love to your fans but then also this is a human who has mood swings i was like if oh if 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 i had to be an artist let me tell you i wouldn't i'd be pulling up in my sweats my pr would probably be like oh my gosh she's at 7-eleven drinking a slurpee again in her sweat are we gonna cover this up like you know what i mean so I think it's, it's, you got to really think about the long-term goals of your entire life before you make a really, really like, like a big decision. Um, because yeah, yeah, you know, it's, you are always going to be on, especially now. Like, I mean, a Cardi B, you watch Cardi B, she's always got to perform. Even when she's on her Instagram, she's, you know, talking and it's a whole thing. But I mean, she probably just wants to chill with her baby and her husband and kick it every once in a while. But if you're not always going, it's, it's almost like currently now with the state of the world where everybody is being forced to stop. Um, I think it's kind of a beautiful thing to kind of reset and everybody to say, Hey, honestly, I don't want to run around as much as I did before, before yeah. this pandemic. I really don't like, I, you Definitely. know, I- it's interesting that you mentioned Cardi B though, because she has, because she started with the whole personality thing. She, she, she led her career with her own personality. Yes. So when it came to, building a brand it was already established to a certain point where you know there there wasn't much tweaking involved so I guess it made it easier in some way because she was never having to put on a front Um, whereas some 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 artists struggle with that that on and off switch well and like I think too yes this is a good conversation I love um the personality thing. I think I've met artists and people who want to, to be artists 
And now it's different. Musician and artists are completely different, I think, in this day and age because, because of the Cardi B's of the world. So I, I was having a conversation with a rapper friend of mine. I won't mention his name because I don't know if he's going to want me to say this. But, um, but he was, we were talking about Meg Thee Stallion. Um, I love her. I think she's dope. I think she's a real lyricist. So it was really refreshing to have her jump on the scene to come in with the way she, her style of rap, the way she, you know, she owns her sexy. I just love all of those things about her. Um, but then it got, he was saying, you know, I really, she could have taken the lane of, all right, man, respect us female MCs again, you know, but she's doing so much twerking and, in in Instagramming that it's like, man, like we can't even like drop another album or drop a mixtape or something and show like, okay, cool. You guys saw me. Yes. I'm beautiful. Yes. I'm hot, hot girl, everything, but I can rap out rap most of the dudes. Like if she came with that, that would have been amazing. I think I still love everything she's doing. Um, but I think as far as real respect in the game, she probably would have, it would have been a little bit more solid in my opinion, but I do love the fact that they're all owning, owning their sexy, owning their body, owning, owning what they, how they feel. Um, I think that's something that women also are, are being told that they can't do. You can't be a boss and you can't be sexy at the same time, which is pretty insane to me. Cause it's just like, yeah, it's true because historically it's always been two categories of female rappers. It's been the raunchy and then it's been like the tomboy. Yep. It, there's never been like a good marriage of both. Yeah. You know, Missy Elliott, I would never put in, in certain outfits yeah. and then the other way around. And it's it's sad because they we have women can do we both. Can do both, 100%. Yeah. Like I can go into a boardroom and run run a meeting like this like you know what i mean like yeah. it's it's okay but again um that's another another obstacle that us women are going to have to take under our belt and like you know whip into shape and retrain everybody and that's the thing i think when people level up or when things change in our lives you have to retrain people this is something that i do often you have to retrain people how to respect you they think because they could treat you that way then they can talk to you this way now. It's not the same. So, sir, listen to me right now. This is not how we're going to do this. You know, there, there's yeah. specific things um, that I think, you know, and I love being a woman, let me tell you. But we do, we, we got a lot on our backs. A lot. And, so, in your opinion, what, what do you feel like, how could you retrain a whole culture almost? Oof. That's, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of set its its principles you know they're, they're quite deep rooted yeah. now so how because you know there are female mcs out there like a rhapsody yeah that cannot that cannot quite cut through enough as much as megan which is probably why megan had to has to maintain that sense of you know sensuality in her in her image image yeah. but what what miracle could could potentially happen do you feel like i really feel like it just needs to start with conversation i really do feel like like conversation and really just telling people straight up yo this is how you're going to talk to me we're not going to mm. do this and if you don't want to do that then i'm not i refuse to deal with whatever it is that you're you're doing and i think that's that's what i do in my own personal life it's so funny i'll go live and i'll go on live on instagram every once in a while since this since the COVID. Yeah, of course, of course. And um, 
and I'll have people in the comments, right? And oh, they'll, you know, say something about my breasts. And I'm just like, we're actually having an intellectual conversation right now. And I think if I could kick people out of my live, I would, but I check them right in front. And then most, and then other guys will be like, yeah, man, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? So I really do think it is just women need to stand up for how they want to be treated. Like, don't talk to me just because I, just because I have a low cut shirt on because it's hot. I have a tank top on, like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't pick this body was given to me, but it doesn't give you the right to talk to me a certain type of way. Cause I'm intelligent. I'm educated. I'm a boss. I'm a this, I'm a that, like that, that doesn't, you know what I mean? So I think just like hitting the nail on the hammer where it's like, yo, like if I were a rapper, here's what this, if I were a rapper, I would definitely be very much Cardi B S but then I would also be like Debrat, where like one day you're gonna see me almost like like Kaylani. Like Kaylani's not a rapper, but I oh, do love yeah. the way she is herself. She's unique. Definitely the way she dresses. Some days you see her and she's like flanneled out with the with the dickies on, with the kicks, with the cups, yeah. like super like West Coast, chill, comfortable tomboy. And then mm. then she's like turn around and you're like, oh wow, she's super sexy and she's doing her thing like. I love that about her. Even even like Sweetie, I think Sweetie kind of balances it a little bit too as far as like, she's definitely a lot more on the sexier side, but I've seen images and like videos of her where I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I see you riding your skateboard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like showing that we're diamonds, you know, we are such multifaceted creatures, all of us, men and women, but especially women. And the creation of music would be trash, complete trash if it wasn't for for us. And I want women to understand and men to understand and respect that about us. Like, yeah. One thing I love to say too, that I'm going to like, <laughs> is if you really think about it, 90% of music is probably written either about a female or because a female broke somebody's heart. So it's like the best music all, and I'm guarantee you there's way more songs with a girl in the title, Sarah's and all of these songs. True. Ain't nobody singing about Bill or Bob. No sh- shout out to Bill and Bob. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> but I get you. I get what you're saying. It's true. It's true. But I, again, because everybody, oh, it's a man's world. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, yes, they're kind of somewhat more so in power. But there's so many. If you look at labels it, here, there's so many women that are the head of the labels. You just don't hear or see it. And that's that's what we're doing. Yeah, true. With programs like Girls Make Beats, that's what we're trying to do. Is actually let people see they got to see you and i i didn't i didn't even realize it until those little girls needed to see my office and now once they see a woman they're like oh we don't even have to be scared when we walk into a boardroom and oh yeah the the president is is a female most people back in the day would be like oh gosh she's not she doesn't know what she's gonna sir now people are you're starting to see those interviews and those those people or those men or those high profile men who are starting to say hey if I didn't have, like, I would hire all females. I think it was, I don't know if it was J. Cole or somebody was just like. I hear a lot of artists say that, yeah. I want all girls on my team because they get shit done. And mm-hmm. so funny. That's what I used to tell people. What do you do? What do you want to do? I remember, oh, I just, well, I mean, so I said, what do you need done? And they would look at me like, what? And I'm like, I get shit done. Yeah. That's my job time. Yeah, that's a fact. With everything, when it comes to timing, when it comes to problems, problem solving, we just do it and yeah. even probably you know, in fact we'll do it before you ask us to <laughs> and we'll do it better that, 
Like, don't yeah. try. Just, just let us do, especially Virgos. Come on, sis. Like, we- That's like, it's a given. Okay. That's like by nature. Oh. Virgo by nature. Okay. <laughs> like, we yeah. do that. <laughs> so Girls Make Beats is an initiative. Can you tell us more about, you know, what, what what's the, the future of that or what's happening and, with it right now? Well, yesterday, well, okay, because of the climate of the, of the, the world right now, um, we just started doing some online courses with teaching the girls how to make beats. Um, so there, the classes are led by Tiffany, Tiffany Miranda, the president. Um, and we were doing some really cool things. Um, obviously, fundraising is is a thing because we're trying to make sure that we can ensure uh, schooling is free for all the girls that take the classes. Um, so fundraising, we're working on um, we're working on a few projects to to hopefully get uh, Girls Make Beats TV um, on on a streaming platform soon. So they visually can see girls making beats, singing, producing, DJing, editing. Um, we just shot a pilot this summer um, and it was directed by a 17 year old from Philadelphia, Anaya Wolf, really talented. Um, so we're just, we're just basically trying to make sure that little girls can see other women as much as possible doing the impossible so they know that they can do whatever they want without having to ask anybody, without having yeah. to be scared to try. Um, so yeah, what else have we got going on? We have, um, our ambassador program. So we're, we're trying to get more artists and producers to come and do like kind of like almost master classes with the girls. So DA Doman, um, DA got that dope. (laughs) Yeah. 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 DA he's come in, um, with the girls. We just spoke to his team and he wants to come back in and, and do some beats. The girls last year did a remix for, for Janet Jackson, (laughs) which was like my nice. Um, yeah of course so the girls did a remix for janet jackson so we're just kind of trying to do like more collaborative things with uh artists um and just you know continue continue just the good fight i mean i think it's insane to see just aside from teaching them a whole like job like you know what i mean we're literally teaching them pro tools we're teaching them ableton um garage band serato like everything i mean i have little girls who have come in that are 13 who now have their own DJing businesses and are DJing all the school dances and making their own monies. It's just like, it's pretty dope to see um, writing their own songs, producing their own beats, like just not scared to be creative and be in their own skin. Um, And Mm. I think that's the one thing for me that is the dopest thing about our program is, is one little girl will come in completely shy head down scared to even like look up and then in three weeks going through our after school program she's like hyping up the crowd oh check out my mixtape she's got her ig popping with dj skittles dj eminem like all these cute little names i mean we're even working on something for even younger girls um with apple so hopefully you know it's a little bit user a little bit easier and user friendly so I was going to say, what's the age range at the moment? Yeah, so right, currently it's um, 8 to 17 is the age range. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah, that's a pretty big gap. Yeah, when we do the 8-year-old, it's more so kind of like DJing and those types of things. But when we get into like Pro Tools and, and Serato, all that stuff, it's it's more so like, okay, we got a Ableton and all that is going to be for the bigger girls. But um, yeah, they're they're doing it. They did a, they just performed at Apple. Um, they did a Q&A with Victoria Monet, a songwriter and artist. Um, 
So essentially you're moving towards having your own alumni of success stories. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, like, I'm so excited to like, finally, there's never been a woman to win uh, producer of the year in non-classical form. Um, and in 62 years of the Grammys or 62 years. So um, me and Tiffany are always like speaking it into existence that one of our girls is going to be the first. Um, we've got girls who have full rides to Berkeley um, and they attest a lot of their success and confidence to getting in to being in our program, Girls Make Beats. Um, our sister stitches our girls in Miami. So we have two chapters. We have the Miami chapter, Los Angeles chapter. And um, yeah, our girl stitches, she's a radio personality down there um, for iHeartRadio. And so she's been keeping those girls busy there. I mean, there's so many cool things. It's like, I tell people, I don't have any children, but let me tell you, I have 150 daughters that are just like amazing and totally going to take over the world as soon as they get their hands like on it. I love that. I love that you said that because I was going to ask, do you ever see yourself in some of these girls? Oh my God. All of them. It's great. I, it's funny. Cause I'm like, Oh my mini me. Oh my mini me. Oh right. my mini me's like, they're all, and that's what I want. Like I want, I was blessed with this um, abundance of confidence. Like I am just not, sometimes I am. I think everybody naturally has a little bit, but I just have like, I'll talk to anybody. I'll try anything. I'll just like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have an intake process when it comes to girls make beats to to just kind of gauge to make sure that, see what they're really actually like interested in. and this is the thing, this, these are the questions that really make me, one makes my blood boil a little bit, but then two, it just like motivates me to go even harder to make sure that they see successful women in all facets in every arena that I can. Um, and we ask the girls one question and 90% of them say the same thing. Um, we ask them, why do you think more women don't do these jobs and that's DJing, engineering, and producing. Um, And from eight to 17, those little girls, 90% of them say the world doesn't like girls. The world doesn't give women opportunities. It's never boys. So it's not about boys versus girls, which I feel like a lot of people try to say, well, it's a man's world and that's why. No, 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 no. These little girls say the world and I, I take offense to that because we're the ones who created, we're creating the world that they don't feel that they can live truly in their form in. It's true. So it's just it's like, true. you know what? Nah, we're not. No, no, no. You're going to be, you're going to walk into any building. And if you need help, you call me. And like, that's, that's really it. Like I said, I don't know how to love any other way, but like super fully and really, really hard. So it's just like, I got like 90, like I said, I have a, I got about 150 daughters here we have multiple locations. So getting enough funding yeah. to open up the Atlanta chapter, we have the Miami chapter, we have the LA chapter, and we've been to New York, we've been to, gosh, SF, Chicago, uh, Vegas, we've done many beat camps. So every summer, we usually do a beat camp. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get enough money and funding so we can have literally fully functioning all year round locations all over. Um, we even have a little shout out to little tracks. There's a, there's one from, from London. We have a love that. Yeah. I'll have to, I'm going to connect you actually with her. So maybe come vibe with you because she's dope. She, uh, 
she DMs us. We have girls from London. We have girls from Australia. We have girls from all over the world. So for me, my vision of Girls Make Beats is being able to take them and travel with them and also like have girls from other countries collab. Like I want my vision for this is to one, also teach them a skill, but I want them to understand that networking and catch like, you don't got to fight against your girl, like work with the girls. Like we can all win. We can all win. And at the end of the day, we all have different skill sets. So it is what it is and help each other grow. So I want them to win by the time that they're done with the courses or, you know, being a part coming on and doing projects with us, whatever it is, however long that they're with girls make beats. I want them to feel that they already have a network. So they don't have to ask when they get out and they graduate, they're gonna be like, Oh yeah, actually I went to school with so-and-so and she runs Interscope now. And Oh, she's a singer now. And this one, I, Oh yeah. They don't have to ask. They don't have to do, they can cut out all the middlemen. They can cut out all of all the BS and then mm-hmm. just like work. Um, and yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, my goal as far as the girls is them feel like they can walk into any building, any room, any studio and be yeah. like, Oh, what? Oh, you think I was somebody's girlfriend? Hit the play, hit the faders, you know, EQ something up, you know, eighth inch. They know how to do it all. Like Literally. That's, that's what knowledge breeds confidence. And confidence breeds success. Like that's that's the way that I live my life. The more yeah. I know about something, the more no one can tell me about anything. So, okay, you yeah. wanna tell me about my studio? Go ahead. I'm gonna sit here and watch and look at you and be like, okay, cool. You thought I was somebody's girlfriend. I'm actually the vice president and I know more. I've been in this building longer than anybody in here. They're like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Sit it down. Like, you know what I mean? So, but that comes from that comes from knowledge. Me knowing my shit. And that's what yeah. we, we want the girls to know what so it's come they come in, oh, we don't want oh, she's a girl, she's not an engineer, she don't know nothing. And it's like, no, nah, we don't want to work with you because you're a girl. Okay, cool. She knows how to engineer herself. She can make her own beats. If she can't like work find somebody to work with, do it yourself. Yeah. And I feel like times, you know, are changing for the positive in, in terms of people's mindsets of you know, walking into when a woman walks into a studio that's predominantly, you know, male people in there, um, it's it's becoming less and less of a thing that, you know, it's a woman that's going to be on the desk or, you know, and I because you don't want to be, you know, your initiative of, of Girls Make Beats, you don't want to be teaching girls how to prove themselves either, if that makes sense. You want it to be as natural and as perfectly acceptable as possible Mm -hmm. which is you know that's that's because otherwise you you find yourself like you're trying to like be there do therapy with them and you don't want it to be that no one that's one thing too and then i'm not that's what i was told work just working in the studio um one thing i really like to tell and i've i've had this conversation probably more with a lot of the older girls that i mentor because i mentor I'm a life coach pretty much. If you need some life coaching, I'll help you out. Cause like, I love to do that. I love to help people. But some of the older girls that I help mentor when it comes to music, um, this is the topic that I feel like they bring up the most. Um, and it's how do you deal with, you know, somebody hitting on you or somebody thinking that this or, or promising you something 
if you do something for them. And I said, listen to me 1000% right now. I've met, I know, I've literally, L.A. Reid, like the biggest, Diddy, all of those people, right? I've partied with them, hung out with them, had conversations with them. There is not one person in this world who can turn around and promise you to make you a superstar. It does not matter. Not a Beyonce, not a Jay-Z. I've watched them all have artists that don't really do anything. And you would think, oh my gosh, but they're with that. They're with Sign to Rock Nation. They're guaranteed to be hits. No, there's nobody on the planet that can actually do that for you. So if somebody promises you that, it's usually too good to be true. And don't ever, ever, ever compromise your integrity and who you are and your character for any amount of dollar or mm-hmm. any promise that anybody can give you. Like, and if they, oh, well, I don't want to work with you, then be like, okay, turn around and leave. Like yeah. the second that the second that anything makes you feel like, mm, this don't feel right. If it's too good to be, if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is, right? It's crazy. It's crazy that that still happens, that still, there is still some sort of- Oh my goodness, of- girl, that happens so much. Like yeah. to the point where I, I remember even like when I was younger, I would go to sessions and it was artists would just want me to pull up and listen, right? Just come and listen, give me your feedback with. And there was another rapper, which a lot of girls would die to like hook up with. And he kept asking me, come by the studio with, come by the studio, come by the studio. And I was just like, nope. Crazy. Nope. And I was very young. This was when I first kind of moved to LA and I was, nope, nope, nope. I'm not going. I'm not. Finally, he was like, wait, I just want to play you my mixtape. Literally just like to the point where I was like, dang, I kind of, I'm like the dick now. I kind of like, I prejudged you so hard that you were like, yo, I really just want to play you my music and like, tell me what you think. And I was like, Oh, okay. I still wore my flannel, my beanie. Like I came super like thugged out. Um, and, um. and it was cool. But again, that's like certain things where it's just like, I'm not interested in anything but music. And if you set that tone, when you walk in the building from jump, then there is nothing. And again, it's, it's so hard to, because even me dressing, I dress like that all the time. You're going to either catch me girly, 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 or you're going to catch me tomboy. Mm-hmm. Like I am mm-hmm. very happy medium. It's like, I'm Mariah Carey or DeBrat. Like you're never going to know <laughs> what you're going to get. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was almost like, dang, yo, like don't, that's one thing that I've learned from my, my friend Tiffany. And it's, this is like, don't let anybody change who you are ever period especially especially women when it comes to being sexy. If you're a sexy girl or you feel comfortable wearing provocative clothing and you you can still do your job and then it's acceptable. And it's yeah. acceptable like so like that's one thing like I said I'm currently working on myself is I'm always over sexualized when it comes to anything that I put on and I am now working on that for myself. Because again, we're always ever growing and ever building and ever changing. So it's just like, okay, you know what? I've kind of dumbed myself down and not lived in my truth a little bit because I know others are going to judge me or think about me crazy. Um, no, we're done. I was like, you know what? Let's just get rid of all of those weird little thoughts in our heads that we all have. 
Sure. Do exactly what you want to do every day because you never know what is going to happen to you. And you want to go out being like, you know what? I smiled, I laughed, and I made a difference every single day of my life. And yeah. I did exactly what Whitney wanted to do. And yeah, and yeah we all yeah. have moments of lapse, like, you know, but yeah. Yeah, I understand the whole thing of like toning it down. And yeah, I, I feel like I've reached a point in my life where I've set the tone now and it's like, I, I can't I can't remember the last time like the last time I had to you know let someone know like, like nah, yeah, it's not happening because it's like I don't know it's it, it does come from your energy too I think like people can sense if you're green to something and if you're a bit vulnerable and they they will play on that and that's just that's just life in general that's not like just that's not between oh yeah two different sexes you know that's that's life any any anytime someone smells fear or smells like you know new blood so to speak um you know anyone's gonna try and take advantage of that and it's, i guess it's it's having a little bit of a plan you gotta have a little mm. bit of a plan of attack and you have to have like your yes you're 100 absolutely not i'm not doing that or yes i would do that um when it comes to that mm. for sure that confidence yeah. man though that that walking in and being like man knowing yourself like that's what it is is knowing yourself Join anybody who's thinking about becoming like working in the music industry, know yourself 100% and don't bend or break for anybody. So it's just like, nah, man, I don't want to make that type of music. All right, cool. Then go find somebody who wants to make the type of music that you want to make. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. You don't have to. Oh well, but but they they made it. That's Hit Boy, and he did this for so and so. Ah, man. Like, if he wants to make those types of music, but you want to make country music. Don't worry about it. Like, every, like I'm such a like a firm believer in if you do stuff that makes you feel good, mm-hmm. and you're patient and you're a good person. That's one thing I tell the girls all the time. I said, be, be, be cool with every single person that you meet. There's a lot of people. I usually kind of. It's so funny because it kind of turned into like a little bit of a game at the studio. Because I, when I became you know studio manager and vice president and all of those things. I was upstairs. So I used to be downstairs more. I'm in the studio. I'm in the sessions. Now I was like 10 to six. I'm out. I used to be at the studio two in the morning, midnight, show back up. I'll go out, come back. Like I used to be out there. So all of the artists are like, come back with, I'm like, nope. Now I'm like a grown up. I'm going to go. I got my office now. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get a good night's sleep, come back. Yeah. Um, so no, not a lot of people saw me. So when I would be in the kitchen or grabbing tea or whatever I was doing in the back, um, I would walk in and I would just walk and just kind of observe. I think a thing a lot of people need to do more so is observe, um, watch the way that people treat you before they know what you can do for them. That was a thing that I did religiously at the studio because there was a lot of, there's always new people. I mean, I met, oh my gosh, I would meet like, at least 10 to 15 new people a day just from my bathroom breaks because there's probably four or five writers, there's a couple producers, there's the artist, there's his team, there's this. So I would walk in the kitchen and there'd be a couple new people and I would just walk in, grab my tea, do this, do that, kind of say hello, hi, hi. And if they're like, mm, mm, so cool because they're- Yeah, without- mm-hmm. Oh, you're so cool because you in this studio and I just, oh, okay, cool, how are you doing? Okay, cool. I would just let them treat me a complete stranger. I would let see the way that they would speak to me, their demeanor. Um, and then 
And then I would say, okay, cool. And there would be times where it would turn into an amazing conversation. So I would just start having a conversation with this person and it turns into awesome. Cool, what's your Instagram? And oh my gosh, and we're just chopping it up. Cool, 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 cool. And then there would be the times where they're like, <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, it's crazy. Cool. Just, and that's that's the wrong hit. attitude. And then I would hit them with the, oh, hi, my name is Whitney. I'm the vice president. I run this. Welcome to my studio. How are you feeling? Are you doing okay? Oh, uh, uh, come on, man. Like, don't make me do, like, that's not even a thing that I would want to do, but mm. I need to humble you right now because at the end of the day, I've seen so many people in this building that I will never see again. For sure. You know? It's like um that show, Undercover Boss. <laughs> right? That's same. I love that shit. <laughs> that was me. Because again, I would look super cute sometimes. I'm like a boss. And then some days I'm like, listen, you're going to yeah. get what you're going to get. She's putting the hat on. She's chilling. So, yeah. I know you've got so many more stories to tell us about, you know, your time at Record Plant and you could you could potentially, you could bring out a book or like a, a tell-all book by Whitney Taylor. We have to do that. We have to do that. You have to preserve your, your um. oh yeah. Yeah, your, your soul, I guess, and your yeah. conscience. Okay. <laughs> Not even your relationships, just you. Just you me, save, I know, right? Save I your soul. Write them. I, if somebody told me when I first started in music to write all of my, just write everything down. I didn't, but... I got, I got a few still in here, but we still. You do because you when I yeah when you know you were taking me around, you was getting them out of the bag. So you you remember some stuff, but I mean to to wrap up your 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 record plant story, what what stands out if you can pick one, you, you know whether it's a moment, whether it's a session, whether it's a a, a project, something that you you know you take away and hold so close to your heart. Oh, there's so I many. know this is uh, like a almost probably an irrelevant question but <laughs> wow give, yeah, give one to the listeners I mean, at least one for the listeners um well one that I think is pretty cool and still relevant and just just kind of happened was um Nipsey Nipsey um I have a really cool story um again I was always upstairs and they all recorded really really late so I wasn't always in the sessions but anytime I was you know around I would say what's up um, but Nip was really, really cool. And it was good to have his energy in the building. And he'd been recording there for years. Um, and I had went to Seattle where I'm from, I'm from Seattle. Um, and one of my play moms, I took her, you know, I said, Hey, um, I'm coming home to visit for the weekend, whatever it was. And I said, I think Nipsey's got a show. Do you want to go? And she was like, are you kidding me? So she, I take moms to the Nipsey Hustle show. She's on Marathon now. And she's like, she got the hoodie and everything. I'm like, yes. So we go to the show. Um, and I stayed in Seattle. I'm like, okay, cool. So I get a call at like two in the morning from the studio, right? We're a 24 hour studio. And I get a phone call and I usually don't answer this late, but I'm like, and they know not to call me this late. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? Like, I'm starting to freak out. Like, because again, this the, those are my kids too. Like, I have $150 with Girls Make Beats, but the record plant staff and kid, those are my kids. So like all of them, I'm like, oh, I'm like their big sister, their mama, like whatever. That's like my, those are my babies. So they're calling me at two in the morning. I'm like, oh, hell no. What is going on? What did y'all do? Y'all didn't break something. You know, your kids call you that late. It means something's happening. Oh my God, right, I'm up. So I said, let me answer. I said, hello. Um, so sorry to bother you with. Uh, mm, uh, uh, uh. I said, what? And he said, 
um, well, Nipsey hustles at the, he's here at the front, he's right here. Um, and he wants, he wants to record. And again, you did, I'm like, well, he's not on the schedule. I mean, no, he's, and I straight up told him, I said, no, he's not. I just saw him. I saw him at 11 o'clock in Seattle, literally two states away. You're lying. I was like, he's not there. And they're like, like, seriously, he's right here. And I'm like, okay. Sure enough, Nip flew from his show in Seattle to, it's only a two and a half hour flight directly to LA. And the first place that he went to was record plant to record music. So it's like, you know, people who work that hard to create amazing things, especially with positive messages like him, um, really do deserve to be, you know, praised. So I'm excited that he won those two Grammys um, and his legacy is still living on and the things that he taught everybody. Um, but that was probably one of the funniest stories. Uh, my Beyonce story is really cool. Go on, give my it to Pharrell. us. Give us a bonus. <laughs> um, my Beyonce story was really, really cool. Obviously, she's been my big sister in my head forever. Um, still, it's my girl. Hey, girl. Um, but she had been recording out of Record Plant for an inc- an entire thirty days. Her Jay Z, the kid, like her daughter. Um, this was before the twins. Like the whole, like. And it was just like such a dope family, right? You know, um, so I'm talking with Jay-Z. I'm having conversations about peanut butter sandwiches with Jay-Z. Me and Blue Ivy are playing like Ninja, Fruit Ninja, my iPad. Like, because again, Record Plan is a very much a family oriented like establishment. When I'm there, when I'm there, I don't know. But um, <laughs> I was there for 29 days and did not see her once. Like didn't even see her. And I'm like, what what is happening man like this i'm gonna lose it and they only have it booked for 30 days so it's the last day of their booking and i'm like oh my gosh if she, I, I i'm gonna cry i'll cry if i don't like at least just say hi i'm whitney like i gotta just that's all i want to do i don't want to i'm not gonna take a picture with her i don't want nothing else i just want to say hello so john who is the assistant engineer was there and I went up to him and he's like this big tall six foot six like Canadian I'm like come here (laughs) with you like down here if I don't meet her it's your your fault that's it you get it you are gonna get it and he's like man calm down he's like all right just chill right here I think she's gonna come you know come in again she just came in she's very I loved watching her work ethic because it was just like in do the job out, do another job. Like very Virgo. Yeah, very Virgo. <laughs> but um, I stand there pretending I'm doing something and she walks in <laughs> and I turn around and it's the same speech I gave everybody. And I say, <sighs> and again, I've been around her entire staff and her family for like 30 days now. So I walk up and I said, hi, my name is Whitney. Welcome to the record plant. If there's anything you need. And she goes, oh so you're Whitney and I'm like she knows me and I'm like oh my gosh and I'm like what was your name again and I was like oh, what was your name girl what was it B- B- what? Oh and um yeah she she was like so you're Whitney and I'm like I was like I went to shake her hand and uh she kind of looked like she had like Starbucks and like an iPad. She had her hair book 
She's like a normal person, y'all. She literally had like her own Starbucks cup and like uh, her iPad or her like MacBook in her hand. And she kind of looked like, I can hug you. And I was like, ah. And I hugged her. I just went in. I was like, oh, it's okay. And then I like, hugged her. And then she went in and did her thing. And I went and did my thing. And it was like, it was pretty cool. So for me, it was just like, it kind of was cool that Beyonce knew who I was before we even met. Well, they, yeah, you, so, you, you, as you said before, you forget that side of things. Like, you just... Yeah, that they're normal. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're just people. They're just real, real people. And, uh, yeah, there's a million other cool stories that I have, for sure, that I'll probably just, like... Save them for your show. Here. Save them for your show. Right, yeah. <laughs> Please tune into my show, y'all. It's, I'm working on a few things. Um, I don't know if we're wrapping up yeah, now. Yeah, sure. But I miss... Yes, Miss Tabor. Please follow me on Instagram at M S T A B as in boy E R. Um, and yeah, I have that's probably my main outlet. But MissTabor.com is coming, so it's going to be a lot of music help, um, consultation, wellness. Um, I do a lot of really, really other cool things too. So skits and merch and funny stuff. So I would love and appreciate any help. Again, uh, also follow Girls Make Beats. If you know any little girls that, you know, need some inspiration, um, even the big girls, or if you or anybody want to help donate, please visit uh, girlsmakebeats.org. And um, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Thank you for having me. This has been like the coolest. I've been quarantined solo. I've been talking to myself on IG. <laughs> I've, I, I, well, at least you've done that because I've I've been in a bit of a shutdown mode. Like it's, I, I tend to do that, especially because I live by myself anyway. So it's like, yeah. And I don't know, being a Virgo, you, you're an empath too. So, you know, you start to feel, yes. you start to feel the pain of the world. It's yes, horrible. girl. My back has been hurting. Like my, I feel it all in my back. I said, yeah, but no, I, I 1000% feel you with that. And anytime you need to call me, you got my number, you got my FaceTime. Even if it's just to like. It's true, man. Yeah. To like, let it out and just exchange like exchange thoughts literally all that's you know what's crazy is one thing that during this time that has made me feel better is knowing the fact that the entire world is doing what we're doing so it's not just you it's not just us we're all in this together and it's it's really been it's been like wow okay cool um so just staying positive yeah it's an equalizer for sure definitely and again it's 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 kind of like we're playing. Somebody said, whoever's playing Jumanji needs to stop it because we're done. Oh, we're wow. so done. Wow. But yeah, um, yeah it's all going to be good. So positive thoughts, love, and, yeah. and all of that to you and your family. Definitely. You I would too. love to do this again. So anytime, girl. I'm down. Fall. You know what? To finish it off, actually, I want to take it full circle. Back to when you, when you were, you know, going to be a nurse. Yes. In hindsight, knowing what the world is like now do you think back at that moment of how that how your life could have looked like right now nope I do not I I honestly feel like on the work that I'm doing now with music is also equal to healing people I really feel like music is magic and the things that I've been able to help create and be a part of um are doing just as much. I mean, I'm sure streaming and all of those things have been like completely skyrocketed since all of this is going on. So I don't have any like, man, I wish I was a nurse so I could help others right now. I don't really have that. I do, I do 
thank them all and wish, man, I wish, you know, them nothing but the best. Um, and I wish I could help them somehow, like specifically. Um, but but we're almost not all, we're all not all made to fit certain shoes. So well, like, I did one clinical, like just to tap back into that really quick. One last story. Yeah, I did a, a two week clinical um, as a as a CNA certified nurse's assistant. Right. Um, and that was the second that I really realized I could not do this because I'm an empath and I had to force um not even really force but you, you kind of did um helping in a nursing home mm. and i my heart i literally was like almost crying every time i had to do something to help them and i'm like uh-uh i need happy i have to like give happiness i and again i'm helping but this doesn't feel like helping and so i that so that was when i was like i can't be a nurse i'm sorry mom grandma everybody i love you guys so much um i will be successful though you will be proud of me but not for this. I can't do this because my heart can't take it. Yeah, so. it's it's about you knew you want to you know you want to help others and make a difference to someone else's life. It's just about channeling it in the right direction, and yeah. with something that sits well with you. Yeah, it was. So, it was. I like that. I like that that we've given a positive note to to music musicians and creatives. You know, some people like to say essential workers, non-essential workers, and things like that. But I feel like everyone has a position to play in the ecosystem and if we could find that positive light in what's happening now and in what we do then I feel like the you know we can bring out the best in people and people can bring out the best in themselves I think that's the yeah I mean message. It's, it's, it's actually been like I said for anybody who's struggling with creativity right now if anybody's struggling with like mental health right now really just try to hone in on the small things that make you feel good today and just know that it's okay to not be okay all the time because let me tell you two days ago i was in here with my little onesie on like oh gosh what's happening and then today i'm singing and dancing you'll see it on the instagram i'm singing and dancing and having a good time i got dressed today thanks to my girl sarah <laughs> like oh my like gosh. i still have makeup on y'all we still cute but um <laughs> that's yeah. right no you're you're so just right even if no one even hears it even if you never release it don't worry about it like don't think so much like that's the thing is just don't think so much and smile every day even yeah. if you're laughing laugh every day even if you're laughing at yourself that's i mean i do that all, all the, the time, time. make me feel great so. i love that i love that that's such a great message thank you so much oh my gosh this has been dope very very dope oh i appreciate it it's been very I dope can't wait till we can fly because i'm coming over there yes exactly and i was gonna say um there's definitely some things we can do with the girls make beats initiative um i'm working with an online online door basically so where people can, can collaborate on the same session in real time so Amazing. i think that would be great to get it as part of um for see how sure. we can help yeah help um facilitate it for your girls oh, definitely oh, yeah let's do it let's yeah do Love that. Whitney Tabor in the trap with yes. me, Sarah Harrison. <laughs> we lit, we lit, we lit. Oh, oh Girls Make Beats, speaking of radio, Girls Make Beats radio is coming literally as soon as we get the mics delivered. So we'll have to have you. Yeah, now during court, like we were supposed to shoot it at iHeart the weekend that they shut everything down. So we're restructuring. Yeah, it so, can happen. It can happen. Yeah. Microphones are coming. Zoom, we love you. 
you want to sponsor us come through honestly it's been like this zoom thing has been all over like uh, it's just yeah. crazy it's really yeah. good. i think it's it's decent quality like it's, it's not that bad really cool yeah. yeah i'm as soon as our microphone like i said i have lighting cameras and microphones on the way so my show will be popping up asap um and girls make beats radio i can't believe i forgot i'm like we've been doing a lot so i've been like but no, I, I like that, that you've kept yourself busy. Sorry, we'll, I'll probably stop the recording now, but yeah, we could just like, I'm not yeah. going to be like, end call. 